This is Come On Your Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. Gareth Wheeler alongside Terry Dunfield, the man, the myth, the legend. This is episode 120, and I have to say the first 80 before Terry got here were the best ones. <laughs> nice way to start, mate. What's going on today, pal? Coming, looking forward to it. It's a little bit early start. I had breakfast, had coffee, and uh, good. To, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. It's National Book Day. I got my book yesterday. Is it? Yeah, I'm going to start Pochettino's uh, biography. You so can read. To that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pochettino's uh, uh, book biography. It's about how to be a good coach but not win a thing. Hey, oh. Uh, we got a new. It's a mi- journey. It's a journey. Got you. We have a speaking of a journey. We have a new microphone here today, and it's just like one microphone that picks us up. We don't have our own individual mics. I feel like we're in like an all boy band. Like we're journey. Yeah, don't right. stop <laughs> believe it. Don't you like yeah, feel like we're in a band here sharing a mic over here? It's feeling a little bit breathy, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just latest and greatest technology. This will put us on the way. TFC's in the Champions League. Now we're in the Champions League with this technology. Uh, plenty to get into on this episode of the pod. Uh, one game, or, well, I guess the round of 16 done in the CONCACAF Champions League. Toronto FC moving on. We'll look back. We'll look ahead. The season opener at BMO Field. Wow, on Saturday. We're going to look ahead to that as well and provide you a full MLS season preview. High Five makes its triumphant return. And we have a nice complimentary segment to the Dunfield Dumpster. We came up with something else that we're going to tack on on the side and see how it works. Beautiful. Okay? Quite the lineup today. I Jam-packed. Like yeah. Um, shout out to Toronto FC supporters. Nearly 24,000, Terry. 24,000 that are out for a Tuesday night match. Round of 16 in cold weather in February for the CONCACAF Champions League. Just an incredible crowd on Tuesday night. I want to address that first and foremost because, you know, it's not included in the season's ticket package. These are people that want to be there. 24,000 in February, just outstanding. Yeah, it's incredible, the support, and it carries the momentum on from last season for me and also how the fans are buying into this competition. And, And I think... TFC are not only flying the flag for for Toronto, but for all the MLS. And I I, I think TFC possibly have the best ever assembled squad in MLS history. And let's see how much damage they can do now. And then the support of the fans, especially next Wednesday in that first leg against Tigres, is going to be so important. Anyone listening to this pod knows that Toronto FC advanced 2-0 on aggregate. It was a goalless draw at home on Tuesday night. A game of missed chances, missed opportunities... Um, but overall, I guess the underlying message is mission accomplished. On to the next round. And it was a very pragmatic approach, just like we saw over two legs from Toronto FC last year in the playoffs. Yeah, it was very professional. The two away goals more or less sealed the tie for me in, in Colorado. TFC came home to BMO, were, were extremely professional. I thought they were comfortable. They stayed within a comfort zone, no disrespect to, to Colorado. They huffed and puffed. They were definitely more organized than the first leg. They pressed a little bit higher, and TFC just dealt with it. They created a couple good opportunities in the first half, weren't able to get that goal, which would have made it, once they would have got that first goal, then they were, they were through. That would have been nice to take that. It didn't happen, uh, and, and TFC comfortably saw the tie. I don't think the pitch helped TFC. It cut up a little bit uh, easily. Look, it's February. What, what do you expect? But... Um, overall, good performance, no injuries, 
and, and it, it's what we expected. There were three changes from Anthony Hudson and the Colorado Rapids, who afterwards reiterated that this was like preseason for them. Like, they, they, the Rapids aren't built to win this competition. They're in a little bit of a rebuild, and it's going to take some time to get it together. But no Tim Howard was a little bit of a surprise with Zach McMath, uh, preferred at goalkeeper. And Danny Wilson came in and thought he played very well at center back for Colorado. Thought Jack Price played very well again. But the thing was with the Rapids, when Toronto FC very comfortable in defense, in defending, one opportunity in the first leg, Badgie stopped by Bono. One opportunity in the second leg, also came in the first half, Badgie off the post. And other than that, very comfortable. Yeah, and, and I think you've got to give credit to TFC and their organization. And, and once TFC get that goal, teams are so scared to come out and, and look to, to find that goal because of how dangerous TFC are on the counter. Just analyzing Colorado, I, I thought they were somewhat organized, definitely better in the in the second leg. Uh, just a little bit toothless up top. I, I know Joe yes. Mason's yet to come in, championship player in England. Maybe they're hoping he can be a Bradley Wright Phillips. He came from that level and he's come over and obviously dominated in, in New York and scored a ton of goals. But they, I think they need a striker. They need to replace Kevin Kevin Doyle. It's it's going to be a very industri- industrious team, very blue collar. Uh, I, I think they'll be good at home. And, and as the season goes on, I, I think they'll get better. But but. Um, on the radio, TFC definitely the cl- a class above. Oh, no doubt. On the radio broadcast, I was complimentary because they worked hard. And it was the same starting 11 for Greg Vanny. But what was a little bit tricky on a slick pitch um, was, and a little bit choppy, was the fact that Colorado pressed high. And from the get-go, Toronto FC gave away the ball a little bit too easy being pressed high, which I think is good... Um, good practice, good preparation for what's to come because different teams, like, you cannot just sit back and play Toronto FC any longer or you're just going to ask for it. You need to be able to press them a little bit a different way. So I thought it was a good test for TFC to apply something that they're going to face a lot this season. That's a great point. I think we've seen, especially in the last couple of years with this TFC side, now that it's a little bit more settled, that they there's so many facets to TFC. They can handle pressure. They can break teams down that park the bus. They can dictate play. I, I thought they tried to play out of the back a little bit more this right. against Colorado than they did last year. And, and at times, are you, you, you're going to get caught. I thought the pitch had uh, something to do with that also. Colorado, their, their press wasn't kamikaze. It was somewhat organized. But I, I thought the game was a level above a preseason game, not quite on the level of, you'll see of home openers for intensity. So I thought it was a very good build-up game to the home opener against Columbus Crew on Saturday. TFC could have had goals in the first half. Javinko narrowly missed the post on the right-hand side. Same thing with Justin Morrow as he was played in by Javinko. Wonderfully weighted ball. On a night where some of the passing, the ball was just hit a little bit too hard or a little bit too lightly. Javinko, in that case, tomorrow got it perfect. Like, it was an ideal weighted pass. But Morrow used his left foot and brought it past the far post. I think if he used his right foot in that opportunity, he could have found the back of the net like he did so many times last yeah, season. Yeah, interesting one. You and I, we had a pint after the game and we were talking about this. And... Uh, on my broadcast, I was sort of saying I think Moro it was that the timing of the pass was was perfect. It was, it was perfection, especially for this time of year. Puts it right into the path of Moro. Great first touch out of his feet. You're saying he should have come across the defender. I'm not sure that that was the case, 
but I, I think he just slightly hesitates more. He, he looks across for, for uh, a TFC attacker coming down the right-hand side to square it. All of a sudden, that moment was gone, and he doesn't really commit. He doesn't really strike it. It's almost a pass-come shot, and he just misses the far post, but the move was excellent. Yeah, the, the move was great, and Badgie went off the post with a little bit of a scare. Uh, Michael Bradley stepped up on Enzo Martinez. Full credit, great turn. Played the ball to Price to Badgie from about 20 yards out. He hit it sweet as a peach because it skipped up off the turf, went right off the post. And that was the really the one sign of danger over the course of the entire match. Other than that, Toronto FC really in control. Yeah, I think it was either Price or Martinez in midfield. He Both of them combined. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, I like Martinez. I think he's a good player. He doesn't actually check his shoulder. So I, I think the cue and the trigger's right for Michael Bradley to step and try yes. to win that ball. He, he gets a good a, turn. He gets a little bit of luck. I think he sort of fumbles sort of through past Bradley. With maybe the pitch helps him a little bit there. And now all of a sudden there was a gap because Bradley's out of that space. The back three, back sorry, back four, do the right thing. They delay. Uh, and, and it's a good strike from Badgie hits the post. But just before that, uh, I, I love the ball from Victor Vasquez over the top to Javinko. Javinko settles it well, and the pitch just gives way a little bit, or Javinko leans back. That's when I think he'd like back. But that showed the vision and quality of Vasquez. A lot of players in that situation would play safe, but he's always looking for that ball to open up teams. Other than, other than that, in the first half, Altador left the field for a short period of time. Not sure if he had to use a loo or change his boots. I don't know what happened because he went down, looked like he was hurt, and then he just stormed back out from the tunnel. I was like, yeah! Because like, you, you simply didn't know what was going on at that time. Yeah, my, my first thought, I was worried about his ankle or right. possibly his hamstrings. I'm touching wood as I say that, but uh, he said maybe he just needed the loo and <laughs> Caldwell and Wildman's commentary was a little bit too much there as well. Um, maybe Apparently he was maybe just a little bit sick, but so... Use maybe the he wasn't happy with the service. Right, yeah, <laughs> per, perhaps that was it. Good job um, you didn't play with me. It, it, yes. <laughs> you would have spent a lot of time in there. No kidding. <laughs> um, in the second half, a couple things All right, stood out. All right, easy with the bar. I, I watched bad. you play long enough, Terry. Um <laughs> Even though you're the third leading goal scorer for Toronto FC in the Champions League. Yeah, there TSN, I keep telling them every opportunity to get that board up. No <laughs> kidding. The ego, folks. The ego. You see the barnet in the picture? What? My hair? No. I've got these little things coming out the back. Oh, you do? Different gravy. Hockey different hair? Gravy. Oh, it was different gravy. <laughs> Gravy's one word for it. I just think that soup is That's an absolute mess. Uh, second half. The, the thing that stands out the most, other than the debut for Akeche, was the free kick clinic and practice for Sebastian Javinko. So many times, he and the rest of Toronto FC were fouled in around the area, and Javinko wouldn't let anyone step over that ball. It was just going to be him every time. I love how Vasquez and <laughs> Akeche just kind of like sniff about. And by the way, they have quality as well, yes. as we saw with Vasquez when he put it under the wall last year. But... It's almost, I was at the Raptors a couple weeks ago, and you know the music just because they come up the court? Uh-huh. It's almost like Javinko needs some music when he puts that free kick down at, at BMO. I know that goes away from all the culture of football. Do what you need? You do the, hey, hey, hey. Something hey, like that. Hey, 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 yeah. A little bit of a build-up. Yeah. So. But he had a, he, the first one was blocked by the wall. The second one was from like about 38, 40 yards out, knuckled. Yeah. Caught the goalkeeper. The one Other one went the, the side, side netting. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice... McMath absolutely rooted. And I'll tell you why he's rooted. Because Javinko now can go in so many different directions, so many different techniques. You don't know what side of goal he's going to go. Right. 
Um, anything else, or do you want to get into the debut for Akechi? Uh, more header at the end. Good header from him. I know his man lost him, but good save from McMath. Mavinga, I still don't know. He missed in the 90th minute. He may have been offside. He joked around about it through a tweet. He, by the way, follow him on Twitter. He's quite Yeah, funny. he is quite funny. But I love, he's like, oh, it was offside anyways. You put the ball in the back of the net. That was impressive how he got it over the net. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, center back, true center back quality yeah. right there. Um, good to see him back out there, though. He'll be so important to TFC this year. But the excitement really came from Agar Akechi and his debut. Came on, I believe, in the 73rd minute. And he could see the talent right away, Terry. Like... Playing on the right-hand side with that left foot in combination with Auro and Vasquez, the three just have natural chemistry and quality. And it gave the game a lift. And that's no disrespect to Delgado or Rosario who were playing before him. It just shows you that there's another type of midfielder in this team, depending on the moment, depending on the game. Yeah, I think it was the perfect time to give him his debut. TFC were comfortable with that two-goal away lead. The game was a little bit stretched, so the conditions were perfect for him to come in and operate. And he didn't disappoint, as you said, Wheels. He brought energy. He brought an athleticism, a technical ability. He wanted to show the BMO faithful what he mm-hmm. can do. There was a nice connection, as you said, with him and Vasquez. And you'll see more of it this season with Javinko and Alro. And he, he was uh, he's, he's so smooth on the ball, doesn't panic. And I thought his decision-making, when to release the ball and when to maybe try something a little bit tricky, was, was spot on. Uh, so it was nil-nil on the night. When I asked post-game, I mean, Michael Bradley didn't really get into what he thought about the game because it was just, again, pragmatic. It was just about getting through that match, seeing it through. Another 90 minutes for the same 11 that played, which indicates to me that Greg Vanny wants a little bit of consistency in his team as he moves into the regular season and deeper in the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, that consistency and continuity is important. I, I think uh, you want to build up those relationships. Getting Auro into the teams is important and embedding him into his slot. Working alongside that partnership, whether he's beside Drew Moore, as the right-sided center half, his connection with Delgado or Akeche or whoever it might be on the right side of that diamond. That That's so important. And, and I think in two games, that's already been started to build. So that's a huge positive. I, I meant to also bring this up. Nico Hasler played in the central midfield for the first time after coming on. Thought he was really sharp as well. Yeah, I thought Hasler in his 10-minute spell in Colorado too, he, he, he looks hungry. He, he looks fit. He hasn't given the ball away over the two legs. Uh, again, another great signing pickup midseason last year. And I, I don't think TFC by any means were overconfident or complacent coming into this tie. But I think that they managed it perfectly. I think they, the fact that they went down to preseason in Mexico, they almost had one eye on potentially mm. playing Tigris, and, and it played out that way. And they will play Tigris after advancing with the 2-0 aggregate when they do play Tigris, who were challenged by Herediano of Costa Rica. Uh, at one point, it was 4-3 on aggregate, and the Costa Rican side just needed a goal, but uh, two goals from Enter Valencia uh, helped pace Tigris to a victory. In the next segment, we'll get into a little bit what this tie looks like, because when this draw was made... I look at this quarterfinal matchup as being the marquee matchup of the competition. Because Tigres, for me, they're the best Mexican outfit in this tournament. And the fact that you see them so early, we'll get into whether it's an advantage or not for Toronto FC. Or the fact that the Mexican season is well underway. 
what that does to play into Tigres' advantage. And we'll get into Toronto FC squad entering the new season, MLS uh, season opener this Saturday. What I will say, though, this tie at BMO has the potential to be one of the best ever games in TFC history. Ooh, I'm telling wow. you. I, what would you say? Montreal Impact semifinal, best ever game at BMO history? Yes. MLS Cup final? Yes. That Well, that the most memorable match in TFC history was the Montreal Impact. I'm telling you, next Wednesday, this game has the makings to potentially make it up there. March 7th, circle it on your calendar. We'll be right back to look ahead to the season and that CONCACAF Champions League tie against Tigre. Tigres next. Hey, this is Nick Haglin, and you're listening to the Come On You Reds podcast. This is Come On You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you. Before we get into Saturday's MLS regular season home opener, let's continue on the CONCACAF Champions League route. And next up for Toronto FC is Tigres of Mexico. Easy peasy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Got the eye of the Tigres. It's the thrill of the fight. <laughs> Rising up to the challenge of a rival. Give it, Terry. Uh, I and the, the last. <laughs> wow. About the eye of the Tigres. Shocking. That voice like an angel. <laughs> well, we're not boy band. Oh, you're the boy band. <laughs> uh, all joking aside, this is a very good team. I love that. I have a team. You do a good one. Maybe, maybe class, I should be on the field Wednesday night. Just give me the microphone. Uh-uh. I will crush that. Uh, yeah, Tigra is a very good team. This team has some just world class talent. Andrew Valencia. Ecuadorian striker, Eduardo Vargas, um, a long-term Chilean striker, some very good teams. Uh, you have Players, Gignac, yeah. um, featured at the 2016 European Championship. Jurgen Dam, very good young Mexican player as well. This team is loaded up top in attack. Today. Yeah, lots of quality on the pitch. Uh, they rested a couple against the Costa Rican side. Gignac scored a wonderful goal against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, in 2017 in, in the quarterfinals. And I think TFC will have learned from that tie as well. Uh, steeped in history. And it's it's almost too bad that this isn't the final because you've got the best team or team who just won Liga MX the second half of the season last year against the best team in MLS. And, and I think that that would be a great final. And, and I think, that, as I said in the first segment, this has the potential to be one of the best ever games at, at BMO. It, it won't be easy. Uh, but but there's a hungriness to, to not only Toronto but of all of MLS to show that they can compete with uh, Liga MX. See, see, and I don't mind playing them in the quarterfinal round. Just the fact that you're playing teams like this, this is what this competition should be all about, right? It's not about beating a Colorado Rapids team who were third from the bottom of the table last year. It's about going out and playing the best that CONCACAF has to offer and measuring yourself against them. The only pity for me is the fact that this game doesn't happen later. Like, Tigres are right in the middle of the second part of their season. Toronto FC obviously just starting their season. Yeah, so yeah, so Tigres, they're nine games into their league. The, the, how it works in Mexico, for the listeners that don't know, the season's split into two. Uh, and, and this is the, the first part of their season. Now, they won the second half last year. The, the Apertura, and then there's the Closera. Exactly. There you go. And uh, it, I think the first tie at BMO will set up uh, how, how TFC approach things. 
down in Mexico. But the fact that TFC went to Mexico for preseason, I think that experience will be important. Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore. Did you play in Monterrey? Sorry, uh, Terry. No, I played Santos Laguna and Pumas. It's right. difficult down there. The altitude's so difficult. As soon as you sprint, it's so tough to catch your breath. Uh, I, th- I think uh, the well, hostile crowd stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because we'll talk about the return leg next week. Okay. But for the first leg, what did Toronto FC need to focus on? Like, you essentially need to get a result here to put the pressure on Tigres to come out and score goals when you go there. Ideally, right? ideally, and I think that would suit TFC extremely well. They can go down there with a slight advantage because then Tigres have to open up and we know how dangerous TFC are on the counter. They can with withstand pressure. We might see TFC go back to a back three there even if they can go down there with an advantage. Yeah. So I, I think if, TF, if the fans can come really make it but make it hostile like what they're going to do for TFC down in Mexico make it tough I think the conditions the weather, the weather will be will a challenge it, yeah. like when, when 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 Tigers beat Vancouver I mean they played indoors at BC Place BMO Field early March completely different completely different atmosphere completely different conditions I, I think Vasquez will be important as well he's he spent 18 months just recently with Cruz Azul down there I think he'll have a point to prove because, with all due respect to to his time in Mexico, it didn't go as planned. So I, I think he wants to show that he's good enough as well. Uh, so that's two, uh, Wednesday night, sorry. Wednesday, March 7th at BMO Field. Big crowd out would be great. The weather's going to turn. It's going to be a little bit cooler than it was uh, last week against Colorado. But nonetheless, it's going to be a big night at BMO Field. And again, that's what this competition's all about. Yeah, and, and I think TFC have done one, obviously, the Canadian Cup, an incredible... Uh, fashion with I think they have a chance. I honestly think they have a chance. This team is now experienced in the home and away ties. They did it on their way to an MLS Cup. They did it last round. Like this is a scenario that they're comfortable with now. I mean, I think, I think this will be the first time in a long team that long time that this team comes into a tie where they're the underdog, and 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 I think they'll they'll embrace that. And and I guess they do have a chance. Uh, and, and I think the fact that. This isn't the first tie of the tournament. I think that the fact they've worked hard to get here, I think that plays a part as well. And they're, they've been preparing for this. This is the stated goal of theirs to do damage in this competition. So, hey, this for me, if you beat Tigres, if you advance from this, then you are the favorite to go on and win it. Yeah. I know there's Club America. I know there's some other Mexican. Pachuca, I believe. Is Pachuca in it? Yeah, Pachuca's um, in it. There's, there's some very good teams left, but Tigres is the best of the best. And what you're seeing, too, is you're seeing more and more MLS players now going down and playing into Liga MX. Uh, Mane, he's just gone to Pachuca. So so I think the, the MLS is definitely catching up, and, and this will be a good barometer uh, to see where it's at. Sorry, they're, they're not. Tijuana, sorry, and Guadalajara as well. So Pachuca didn't make it this time. So sorry about the confusion there. Anyways, there's some very good teams left in this competition. Um, I think the Columbus game on the weekend too is we'll play. I want to get into that. The build-up to then Tigres, I, I think you want to... Obviously, a positive result leading up to that game. So the home opener, uh, an MLS regular season home opener has never been staged at BMO Field. Or season opener, I should say. Because TFC always starts on the road because of weather conditions. We played at Rogers Center. At BMO Uh, Field has never hosted uh, a season opener. We played Kansas City, I remember, at Rogers. I used to like those Rogers games. Because it was a big crowd, big atmosphere. But BMO Field, I mean, this is still very early for that... um, 
for that facility. But it's a rematch of the Eastern Conference Championship as the Columbus Crew comes into town. It's going to be the first MLS regular season game played on the 2018 calendar, 1 p.m. this Saturday at BMO Field. Just a quick promo before we get into the game, Terry. The Budweiser pre-match party uh, has moved this time around. It's at the Stanley Barracks and starts at 10 a.m. The march to the match is 12.15. Your friend and mine, Benoit Shea will be there. Nice. The MLS Cup will be there. And the first 500 people to come get a championship long sleeve tee. Are you hosting the party? The Stanley Barracks are located beside the hotel right on the exhibition ground. I'll be down there between about 10 and 11.30. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to show up? Is there a dance off? If you show up, maybe we can have a singing competition. How about that? I'd like to judge it, Simon Cowell style. Uh, you're too nice. You're nice to everyone. You couldn't do it. You're you're more like uh, what's his name, Randy Jackson. <laughs> you're the man now, dog. Um, but okay, so the, first, before we get into the teams and, and the specific matchup, how does Toronto FC approach the regular season home opener, knowing that they have? CONCACAF Champions League on Wednesday night. From a player's perspective, you, you can't think about it. I, I think you have to solely focus on Columbus. Uh, do you remember the season in 2012 when we went 0-9 at the start of the year? Oh, yeah. And But we fo- put our focus into the CONCACAF Champions League, and we got to the semifinal. We played Santos Laguna and had a great run in that. But we shifted our focus solely on that, and then all of a sudden the league got away from us. And I know it's completely different times with the squad now, but I think you need to focus on both competitions and you can't get ahead of yourself. So uh, I'd imagine Greg Vanny is solely focused on uh, and making sure that his players are focused on the crew. And they deserve a ton of respect. This is a good crew team. You've you've played two games. Do you go with the same 11 again? Just based upon consistency in the team and sometimes consistency to start the season is the way through. I think ideally how you manage this game is, is uh, I think the little bit of fitness the players will have picked up from these last two games of Colorado will be important and an advantage that the uh, Columbus team do not have. So I go with the same team. And then if, if TFC are going well at 60, 70 minutes, look to take off uh, one or two of your big hitters. Vanderweel hasn't played yet, of course. Congratulations. Welcome the new daughter Congrats. to the world over the weekend. That's a lot of change for him. Change of country, change of continent, change of club, change of lifestyle, living conditions, and now you bring in a child into the world. So it's been a lot for him, but do you expect him to be in the team this weekend? Uh, as a as a soccer fan, I, I'd love to see him in the 18. I, I'd love to see him he's get He's such a good minutes. player. I know people are excited about Auro, and I'm just like, yeah, he's been very good, but just wait till you see this guy. Yeah, but I've, I've, when the team was in LA and he came in and first signed, I, I was watching him train on his own with former USL head coach and now first team coach Jason Bent and Jason Bent's seen over 150 players 200 players come through TFC's doors and he said the way this guy eats up ground he's never seen a player like this before he's so fit he looks like he's been playing a ton of football which isn't the case so I'm sure if you throw him in the deep end he'll be good to go just one thing on uh, the front office team here at, at, at Toronto FC the way they've hosted and looked after Vanderveel has been impeccable being picked up and driven yes. from the airport, sorting out doctor's appointments, doctors for the, his wife. He's, they've made the transition as seamless I believe it's girlfriend. I've, I've read girlfriend. a couple other places, wife, but I believe it's girlfriend. So. That's rubbish from you. You've been no, I, the pictures? No, I just know. I just, I, I, as far as I know, it's just, I haven't talked to Gregory yet. Like That's the weird thing about this preseason is like we're around all the time, but the team hasn't been it here. It hasn't been here. So 
it's yeah like i saw justin morrow for the first time today like just to have a little bit of a conversation congratulated him on a new multi-year contract but i didn't sat down and chatted with jmo since they won the mls cup yeah, he's so it's just he's he's a u.s men's national team I know, player i know he just signed a new deal and well deserved and uh, he was happy to see me he's he buying, was he's, he was he's buying the pints now with his new deal yes. for sure uh, uh, I, I love keeping the consistency in the team he's thrilled to be here so congratulations and that's to jmo and i know I say it all the time, but it sends a message to the squad as well that if you do well, you'll be rewarded. Yes, and and I think that's the way it has to be. And it's it's difficult for MLS in a salary cap league, and they they lock a lot of the players into four year deals with options for the club, and the power isn't quite the same with the players as it is in Europe. But what we are seeing now in the MLS is to keep players here. Uh, players, if they have a good couple of seasons, are going to be rewarded financially, and that's important. Uh, before we get into the Columbus crew, this Toronto FC team, Terry, what do you make of the squad heading into this season? Because I look at this team going from a group that was very, very good to a group that's even deeper this year. I look at center back for the two positions. You could have four different players competing, deserved of a starting spot. At right back, you have two players that can start there. Central midfield for the two spots ahead of Michael Bradley. You have four players that can legitimately play those roles as well in a starting capacity. You have competition for... Like, this team legitimately goes 17 deep, Terry. Yeah. Like, and I'm talking... And, and I'm talking, like, top of the top. You can make the argument it's 18, 19. Like, it's going to be difficult for players to get into the starting 11. You always need to be performing or you're going to be looking over your back a little bit. Yeah, good point. I, I'd agree with all that. The team's extremely deep. The uh, Bez and, and his, his scouting team and Greg have done a wonderful job re- recruiting. Re- replacing Betashore wasn't going to be easy. He was one of the most consistent players in MLS as a right back. A play, position TFC have struggled for for years. I think Auro and Vanderveel on paper so far are our upgrades and 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 it's uh, how he fits everyone in the caps uh, incredible. Well, the Tam, the new Tam is is huge. Yeah, and then you bring you add a catch to that. Uh, I think it's going to be important that your core group of players stay fit again. Your Altidores, your Vasquez's, your Javinkos, your Bradleys, more. But I mean, I like Clint Irwin. The fact that yes. he's still here, I think that's important. And then you've also got a couple of young players: Noble Akello, Liam Frazier, Julian Dunn, coming up through the academy. But you don't need to force them. You don't, and you can find your right moments to hopefully play them, whether it's in the Canada Cup. But having that as well is important too. And also, you're seeing players develop within that first team squad and get better. And I think Jonathan Azorio is a great example of that playing alongside Bradley and Vasquez. I think they pushed his game to a new level and he's still getting better. Well, I, I just wanted to bring that up because there's going to be a lot of people and there was after Tuesday night's win saying this player needs to start. This player needs to go to the bench. Let's just see how it all plays out. And I think you have different players to play in different types of games and different types of scenarios that can come in and change the game. So I don't care so much about who's in the starting 11 rather than how players are being used based upon the scenario and the game plan of the coaching staff. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one for Greg Vanden because there's obviously a ton of quality in TFC squad and, necess- and putting out the best players individually isn't necessarily the best formula you need to put out players that fit what tfc or whatever objectives tfc set for that game and i think the fact that greg vanny has got so many options right now is, is huge uh we'll talk to columbus crew 
I complete... Just quickly on that point, though, it will be tough for the coaching staff to manage everybody when they aren't getting minutes. Right. And they did a great job of that last year. Whenever a player came in, they looked hungry, they looked fit, and they fought for that jersey. Okay, so we'll talk the Columbus crew next. The complete MLS Cup preview. Today's high five. Which teams we believe will be the top five in the Supporters' Shield race for this upcoming season? And the Dunfield Dumpster. All that coming up on Come On I Your Reds. the Hey, this is Clint Irwin, and you're listening to the Come On You Reds podcast. This is Come On You Reds, Wheeler in Dunfield with you. Home opener this Saturday. You can watch on TSN at 1 p.m. Coverage begins on TSN 1050. I actually have a radio partner this weekend. His name is Terry Dunfield. Stood me up. For what, 90 seconds of television time on Tuesday night? How good Thanks, my, mate. How good was my suit looking, though? <laughs> well, it took away from your face, which is a good thing. Boss. <laughs> All I'm going to say is boss. No problem. I could go solo an hour pre-match show, entire game, halftime, post-match, all by myself. I Thank you. I pints after the game, though. You did. You did. To apologize and, and talk, about, talk about the game. That was nice. Uh, there will be a championship ceremony recognizing last year's team before the match as well. So make sure you get out to BMO Field early this Saturday. I cannot wait. I'm excited already. Me and the too. Columbus crew come into town. Um Greg Bearhalter, widely considered one of, if not the best manager in MLS. I still have Greg Vanny ahead of Greg Bearhalter, but he's still a very good coach. This team is going to be different looking. Ola Kamara is gone. Justin Miram, who's done very well against TFC in the past, he's gone as well. But they still have Higuain. They still have Will Trapp. They still have Zach Steffen, a goalkeeper. So there's reason to believe they'll, at the very least, remain competitive. Yeah, I think at the end of a, another successful year for the for the Columbus crew players, with the uncertainty of whether the club's going to stay or, or, or maybe move to Austin, uh, wanted a little bit of security. Kamara goes to Ole. Kamara goes to the LA Galaxy. I think that's a good fit and a good pickup for LA. <laughs> Zardes comes the other way, and I think in a player in Zardes, you've got a ton of potential. You've got a player that doesn't always necessarily know what he's going to do when that ball comes to him. He's a little bit off the cuff, but he's extremely athletic. I think him leaving California will be good for him. He'll be a little bit push. He'll be out of his comfort zone, and he's a handful up top. Clark comes in from Houston. Uh, a midfielder that really knows the league, getting on a little bit, uh, but I expect him to play a ton. And Grella comes over from the New York Red Bulls uh, to pre- replace Miram, I, I assume, who's gone to Orlando. Grella didn't play a ton for the Red Bulls, uh, can play either on the right-hand side or the left-hand side of a front three. So this is still a very good team. Higuain's a player that makes them tick. Will Trap, the captain in midfield, dictates the tempo of the play. They always play that four two, three, one formation, like to keep the mm. ball. Uh, it's it's an exciting team. And uh, I, I think at first when you saw Miram and you saw Ole Kamara leave, you're thinking, wow, is this team going to be broken up? Uh, but I think overall, Berholter will be happy uh, with his acquisitions and business. In they've the they've gone the young South American player. They bring in Sosa, a left back, nineteen year old Valenzuela as well. It might be a little, might take some time for this team to come together. But they've run the show in preseason. I don't know much stake you put in preseason, but. Um, you know, Pedro Santos for an entire year. This team still has some value, although I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. I think the move to Austin looms large, and 
I just wonder where the focus will be will be at this point. I, I mean, players like to think that they'll do it for the city and whatever we do on the field is separate from what happens off the field, but they're all related, Terry. You know what it's like playing in a within a club atmosphere where things just aren't right. There's a little bit of instability. That permeates throughout the team as well. I do worry about Columbus a little bit. That's a good point. I thought... I thought- Last year, just before the playoffs, they brought out that they're thinking about moving to Austin, Texas and doing their due diligence about that. And I thought that really galvanized the team. And I think that can work for a short spell, as we saw in the playoffs uh, last year. And the the fact that Austin have have been granted a USL team for 2019, they're struggling to find a spot for their stadium, looks as though that's a positive for the fans in Columbus, that they could be in Columbus a little bit longer, and that the owner, Precourt, might look to sell the club. But what happens here is as soon as things start to not go well with that uncertainty, then all of a sudden the wheels can come off. And I think it will take a little bit of time for the new players to bed in. Right. As you said. I think TFC can run them off the field on Saturday. I do. I think those two games that they've already played competitively are going to be advantages against a team that hasn't played a competitive match yet. I th- as we touched on in the, in the middle segment, I think that's important. They have had a good preseason, pre-season beat Atlanta, beat uh, Minnesota just recently in Carolina in the Carolina Cup. But I don't read too much into those results. I, I like, I've always liked watching Columbus play. The spacing, the balance, the distance is, is, is nice. They can keep the ball. It's, it's somewhat pragmatic. They always have a game plan. And Higuain's a pain in your ass. He, he drifts all over that pitch yes. looking to create overloads. That's why Will Trapp's so important. Team. Yeah, Will Trapp. And Clark will be, whether Clark plays or Artur, Artur. The, the, the young Brazilian. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but uh, TFC will have to... Um, I, I think they deserve the, the, some respect. And, and, and Zardes, with him up top, what, what he gives you over top of Ole Kamara, for me, is a, the ability to create something out of nothing. I'm I, thought, cu- I thought Kamara, sorry, we'll cut you off here, was a player that would finish attacks yes. off, whereas Zardes, he, he can kind of create something out of nothing. Zardes wasn't very good last year, but now there was a team, two goals and two assists. Yeah, this a, guy used to be a U.S. men's national yeah, team player. He had player. a bad injury last year. But, but he does, he, like you said, he, he is a U.S. men's national team player when he's fit. He's got a ton of potential, and Ken Burhelter bring out of him. 3-1, I'm calling TFC wins on the weekend. Nice. I think Akeche gets his first goal coming off the bench as well. Pure. That's my call. You? Prediction? 2-0. I think TFC get, go up early, 1-0. Columbus hang around because that's what Columbus do. They still want to be a rival, even though Montreal is. And then TFC ice it off with an catch. It'll be the first win, bringing the Trillium Cup. Maybe for the final time. What happens to the Trillium Dude, Cup? I'm telling you, I was if in they the- go to if they go to uh, Austin. It's hard. You don't want to know something. It's just hard. I get to throw it in the lake. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard getting around the training. I don't want to sound too. Uh, too cocky here, but it's it's hard getting around the training ground with all this hardware. You've got the Trillium Cup, you've got the Canada Cup, you've got the MLS Supporters Shields, MLS Cup, OPDL under fifteen cup. I mean, there's hardware everywhere. The Terry Dunfield Men's League Championship Cup. You should have like the Terry Dunfield buy a trophy and bring it in for the staff games. We should. Yeah. We should. Just with your face on it, just that mug right there for all to see. Oh, I drink out of that. You want to run into high five? Let's do it. Let's go high five and we'll, we'll look ahead to this uh this year's MLS regular season. And we're going top five teams in terms of who's gonna win the supporter shield and the four teams after that.
Okay, so let's work from five all the way up to one who we believe will win the Supporters' Shield. Just a heads up, I've included TFC in that. Yeah, of course, okay. yes. Okay. They're going to be my number one. <laughs> of course they are. You don't want to be fired. No, I just... I, come on. No, I'm, be, I'm being... They're the bookmakers' favorites. Like, they're getting three to one odds, what and I think the, that's good odds. What do the bookies know? What do the bookies know? <laughs> You just ask them. That's how they make their millions. Uh, fifth place. Who's going to be the fifth best team in MLS over the course of the season? Seattle. Seattle. I have Seattle too. Yeah, Sorry. I've got Seattle. I think that they're really the only threat out of the uh, out of the West. I think the Morris injury doesn't help them. Uh, not a whole bunch of turnover. Uh, it's a very experienced side. They know exactly what they need to do to get results. They know the league, uh, and I think Marshall still has a little bit more in his legs. Torres as well just got his green card. I think that's a, mm. one of the best center half partnerships. Fry and Net, he drives me nuts. Uh, They're a good team, good fan base. I get that. They're, I have them at number five. At number four, I do have another Western Conference team. Portland Timbers. I know their coach changed, but I love the midfield combination that they that they have. Like whether it's uh, Blanco and Valeri and Guzman, all very good players. Addy up front. I know it's, it's it, there's been changes in Portland, but they're still, for me, the best team in the Western Conference. They need to tighten things up at the back. Some concerns about age at center back, but I wouldn't put it past Portland. And they need to pick a, some Western Conference teams because I think that the three best teams will all come from the East. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think I think Powell's a good fullback. I, I think they need a new left back. Uh, Ridgewell needs to stay fit for them to do well, and and Addy he didn't have his best of years last year. I think he needs a, a a run of a run of games. He's got goals in him. He needs to stay fit. At four for me, I've got Orlando. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, I think this Orlando team, Christ, it's now or never for him. Kaka's moved on. He's got his players in now. It, it's an experienced side. It's not a team built for the future. It's a team to win now. I think Question's a, a big, big pickup. He'll he'll be the player that makes yep. them tick. Uh, I think I have them six. By the way, oh. I have them being the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. By the way, Question just picked up another game suspension for the Eltador incident. He's suspended for the first two games. Dom Dwyer's injury won't help them. He's out a little bit for a quad. Uh, but I really like this. Uh, they've got Miram as well. This Orlando side. Number three of New York City and FC. Yeah, love, a new stadium. I love this all standing as well. Uh, New York City FC at number three. Okay. I just you know it's 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 a young team. I like their midfield makeup and the direction that I think they'll have a lot more legs. I just question what they are um, defensively. Other than that, I think they're a very good team. Uh, I, I think that they're a team that you know how to play against. I think if you press them, they want to play too much football. Uh, it's too small a pitch to play that way. And I, I question David Villa's legs. I hate to question him, but I am. I, he I don't he needs to score. Got, he I don't needs... know if he's got another season in him, and I don't know if they have a ready-made replacement. I'm going to go the other New York team at three. Red Bulls? Yeah, I think they're young. Uh, I, I think they're hungry. Uh, Jesse Marsh has a way to play. It's almost us against the world. Uh, it's a tough New York team. Atlanta at number two. Same as me. I mean, Darlington Nagby, a different type of midfield player like him, and Gressel in the middle of the park that's very good. By all accounts, this young Argentine Barca is very good as well. He's the real deal. Barco's the man. Martinez, Almiron, like they have plenty of firepower up top. Great fan base as well. They're going to be the team that will challenge Toronto FC the most. Yeah, I, I don't even think, think they I think it's a two-horse race in MLS. Yeah, I think with, with this Atlanta team, it, it's a little bit hit or miss. On their day, they can be exceptional. And I, and I think they need to come together as a group 
for them to really do some damage and and find that consistency over the season. Yes, Barco's unbelievable. Almiron and it's been a huge pickup. They've turned down big bids in the offseason for him. So that's a credit to Atlanta in the league to, to, to keep him in it. And, and I think the way that they brought players in and, and TFC with Javinko has changed the way uh, the MLS landscape almost. So they're an exciting team, and I can't wait to watch Parco do his thing. Yeah, Gonzalez Perez Parker should be Van solid. Well. Escobar right back now. Tough Gar- place to go, yeah. Mercedes Benz. Yeah, that's that's the second best team. And number one, TFC. I mean, we don't need to go back through it, but I think there's kind of two teams, but TFC still is a leg up on Atlanta. Uh, but TFC is the deepest and most talented team in this league. No question about it. 100%. And I think the challenge now for TFC is can they be a dynasty? Can they be what mm-hmm. DC were in the late 90s? What the LA Galaxy, Galaxy. were 2011-14? to 14? Can TFC, the age of this group is, is, is fantastic. They can be together for another two, three years. Yes, they've spent all their money now, uh, but this, 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 the challenge to the group is: is can you go deep in the CCL, maybe get to the World Club Championships, but can you become a dynasty in the MLS? Uh, very quickly, running out of time, but there's always a few seconds for the Dunfield dumpster. What are you throwing in this week? I was lobbing stuff at my telly yesterday, watching the FA Cup. Yes, uh, kids. We're at, sorry, we're adding the Wheeler waste bin. Oh yeah, the Wheeler waste bin. Go on. Are you V A R? V A R. Yes, go. Continue. You you go. It seems like you're more excited for this, so you can go first. This is my. This is the <laughs> thing that makes me the most nervous about this season. Is and and listen, MLS has been has been leaders in pushing V A R, and the league has fully embraced it. By still on my reservations, you take away the flow of games. What's clear and obvious for one person isn't clear and obvious for another person. I'm all about getting. I'm all about goal line technology. Whether the ball goes over the line or not, things like handballs. But when it comes to subjective fouls. I'm not having it. VAR is threatening football as we know it, and I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm worried. It's just taking some of the emotion out of the game. Oh, and, and total. When us who uh, sort of the, the broadcasting side are questioning it, the players are questioning it, the fans don't know what's going on. Rochdale played Tottenham at Wembley yesterday. There was a six-minute delay. If there's a delay that long, it's not clear and obvious. I still think VAR has a place, uh, but, but this teething period is just just is just horrible to watch yeah and and it's just killing games it's gonna take some time and quite frankly i'm not sure if it'll ever work out like there's certain sports like nfl football or baseball where there's natural stops and pauses in games football the soccer doesn't work that way and I'm that's throwing, my concern so i'm throwing it in the dumpster for now but the roof's like the lid's still open okay. i still think it can be taken out whereas it sounds like you've like locked the key it's in the waste bin thrown it in lake ontario in the wheeler waste bin a uh, good stuff buddy uh can't wait for saturday come say hello to terry dunfield and i go come buy us a pint after in liberty village as well let's do it good stuff uh, Terry and I Great will be on the team. radio broadcast this weekend on TSN 1050. On the television side, it will be on TSN 1 p.m. of the, the Tigres. Tigres. Enjoy the CONCACAF Champions League. We'll wrap up both the regular season game and the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League on next week's edition. And this has been Come On You Reds. Mm-hmm.